with Vanessa Dewey, Senior Product Marketing Manager at Adobe. Uh, we are here in Rockefeller Center. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's great to have you here in New York. Thank you, Rob, and thank you for having me. You have an amazing LinkedIn. You, you're, uh, you're involved in so many different things, as we mentioned before on our walk. Uh, we walked like a, a good amount of blocks too. Uh, the AIGA initiative you've been involved with, you worked at Mattel. Uh, you're, now you're working at Adobe. There's so much within um, you know, your LinkedIn, but it, I like to hear it f- kind of from the source and from you. What are the parts in your journey along the way that have been like the most exciting and how did you get into this all in the first place? Um, I never imagined in a million years to be a designer or be in the creative field ultimately. I, though I did grow up doing creative, like be it performing arts and visual arts just as a kid, um, I had no dreams of going to art school. Right. Uh, so, I yeah, I, you hear that a lot. It's each, interesting. Even the, the late... All the good ones had no interest. Uh, in well, even like the late Margot Chase, she was going to go into science. So... That's one of my favorite designers. No, and even to just as a female as a female designer in the industry, which is so rare to have lead, like female icons right. you can look up to. We do have some, but right. especially right. exactly, exactly. Um, but um, yeah, so I never expected to end up in this area, but ultimately, um, I actually when I went to undergrad, I was going to go. I was at American University. I wanted to go to foreign service, and it was um, School of International Service, French international relation major. Um, just love culture. Like I love how culture with connections within culture form communities ultimately. Right. And that's always I've been gravitating towards. Maybe it's the only child syndrome potentially because I like connecting with people and that's the way my brain works. Right. Um, I stu- just before I went to live abroad in South Africa, I changed majors because I had. That's awesome. <laughs> I randomly <laughs> did this crazy thing real quick. Yeah, yeah. I, well, study abroad, but I was so far ahead in credits, I right. didn't do anything. Um, yeah. But. I, as luck would have it, I was getting very uh, disenchanted with my degree because it was going a little too financial for my direction right. that I wanted to do. But and then I took a last gen ed course, and it was a color theory course of the graphic design program at AU. The rest is history. Right. Um, and I did go. I actually got my undergrad degree at SUNY Purchase. Um, I went to RCC, which is uh, a community college mm-hmm. in the SUNY thing. So uh huh. Nice. Um, and uh, I, I I loved it. It was great. I wasn't probably as I barely made it through. I feel like it. Um, uh, but it fortunately I had the right instructors who just the connections I formed with them. It right. worked. And just going to graphic design, I still was able to leverage both sides of my brain and form those culture, those connections within the culture to form the communities. And I, after graduation, I, I finished college a little bit later, I decided to go to the West Coast. Right. Um, let's go, All go. good moves so far. All like, <laughs> like moves, yeah. um, I, Don't worry about that, it's fine. Okay, and I wanted to go into, um, get my master's, but I had studied nonstop, like summer school at MassArt, Tufts and all, I was burnt out, but I wanted to change coasts. Right. Sort of like when you do your undergrad, one coast, you go to the other coast for grad school, that was my mentality, yeah. and before I got any older, I wanted to go to the West Coast. And so I moved to LA, took a year off, didn't go into design because I was burnt out. And what happened was when I moved to LA, I knew one designer in the entire city. Um, And that was Robin Perkins from Selber and Perkins Design Collaborative. And I just, it was great just to have a female designer to connect with. Right. And I just did freelance and first did in-house publishing, contract job. What really started for me, I think, once things, it's all been seed planting. I was 24, I was impatient, I wanted to do a lot. I actually interned for April Griman. Um, are you familiar with April Griman? 
sounds super familiar. So she is an AIJ national medalist. Um, she studied at the Wolfgang Weigar, the Basel School. Mm-hmm. Um, she really grabbed attention when in the mid-80s when Apple computers came out, and she embraced that. She was actually the head of the design program at CalArts in the early 80s even. Right. So um, I looked up to her because she was a renegade, just a disruptor, and just followed the beat of her own you know, drummer. Yeah. And I interned for her for about six months, as an internship would be. And at that time, I got connected into the AIJ LA chapter. Right. Um, when an awesome chapter. It is. It They've is. been the most supportive. Really? More than, more than New York. I wanted it to be stated publicly. More than New York. That really? They, they like things, yeah. Oh, good. I love hearing that. I'm I'll not have... sure anyone uh, oh. with the AIJ in New York. I don't know what's happening there. Maybe, maybe I, it's been a while, though. I've kind of checked out. Were you freelancing at that time, or what were you doing at that time? I was freelancing. I was just working at Selburn Perkins Design Collaborative, and I, through one of my recruiters, I got an opportunity to interview at Mattel, and this was uh, winter of 2008, about maybe February-ish, and I just didn't think of anything of it. Um, never thought of, you know, growing up with Barbie and all, and I was like, toys, ooh, um, and just fell in my lap almost. It just it was made sense. It just happened naturally. Even though it's a, you know, Fortune 500 company, and you deal with its traditional corporate structure, and there's a lot of red tape, but still, it just it happened. So I took it, and I, it was um, very eye-opening going in-house in a large creative organization because it was at the headquarters in the Los Angeles office. And so it's about 600 creatives across like product design, graphic design, packaging, branding, Marcom. Right. Um, so, and also just being a female designer there too, it was pretty daunting coming yeah. in. So I, and I was contract to hire at that point. And so I was there for several years working across different types of brands, um, mostly you know, Disney brands and... Uh, dis- wearing Mickey Mouse right now. Look, see. Oh my God! That's kind of fresh. It's, I didn't even notice it was Mickey. It was very subtle. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I forgot they had that brand. That that um, yeah. collaboration, the collab. Yeah. Um, so I worked on that. Any type of to- like cars, Toy Story, Disney Princess. I did it all, like all that, and just even play patterns. Yeah. Um, but I think it was um, maybe about five years in. I realized um, the there was great opportunities, great community there for the most part, but. For my point in my career, it wasn't feeding me. It wasn't the nourishment I needed to grow, and I was yearning for something. I so I had to go outside of my in-house environment to connect more and build my community. So around that time, I went to Howe um, in San Francisco. Um, I randomly, because um, one one organization I was a part of in Mattel was the Women's Employee Resource Group called Women Mattel. So we have conference every year. I reached out to Noreen Morioka, who now with she and her wife are now the yeah. up at. Uh, White and Kenny, I randomly. Sean Adams was one of the first people that. I oh, met, yeah. of course, Sean's awesome. Yeah. Um, I randomly called her because I wanted her to come in or as a potential speaker. So, but the, I think everything came together at a point, and just one thing after another, planting the seeds. I was just saying. So, got back to the AIGA. So, started just like coming to the board meetings, and then how, and then all of a sudden I realized Mattel is a large creative company. And I was with talking to a former colleague, and we realized for about five years no outside speakers came in. Right. Creative speakers. Yeah. We're like, we got to do that. So we started this thing called Refuel in 2015. Officially got backing from executives, and this is what we got. We got approval, but let's see what you can do for free. So we started as a quarterly event. Within the last two years, we had almost bi-monthly at times. And it culminated in by last fall where we had the first creative conference at Mattel. Right. So, so that was one component, and I like that because at the end of the day, I love to, to provide inspiration and opportunities to enable creatives to be able to make and boldly make what they want to do. You know, this podcast seeks to bridge the gap between entry-level creatives and people who are just coming up 
and people like yourself who are kicking ass and taking names and you know traveling all over being a badass all right here we go uh so um you've obviously got the chance to work with a whole bunch of designers and kind of see the the trends and what happens but um what would your advice be to someone who is like let's say just leaving school and they want to get involved and they they have these aspirations and know that they're not quite there yet that's pretty much what this podcast is for i know for me i definitely did not come for like i came from purchase but still like i was sort of late in the game and i just i've always felt like i was trying to play catch up um so one thing reflecting and just knowing if i was to tell my younger self um, but it's hard. Patience is a virtue, but patience and just know it's going to work out the way you need to. The more experience, more opportunities, just getting your feet wet and every type of opportunity you can, um, as long as it's, you know, it makes sense. Um, I think at the end of the day, though, too, especially in certain realms of the creative field, if especially you're younger, you're going to be freelancing a lot, you're going to be on contracts, that could be something that could be taken advantage of you. So uh, realize your, your, you know, legal rights. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> know that. No, it's so true. It's so true. You need to know your legal rights. And then also, too, just know um, at the end of the day, if it doesn't make sense to you and, you know, something random happens and it's it's the right things are going to happen, but just be patient. Also, too, uh, if there's somebody you admire and look up to and want just to sort of connect and just talk to them, maybe for their life's experiences and right. what, um, if you are, you know, if you're an illustrator, but also a graphic designer and you know somebody who has a similar like sort of fortes, reach out to them, ask mm-hmm. for them. But the one thing is people want to, at the core, people want to help everybody or each other. As long as you present in a way that's open, you know, genuine curiosity and openness, don't hesitate because what's the worst thing they can say? If they ignore you, maybe somehow something got in a draft folder, something got, you know, went to spam, but if they basically respond or say something, they're, you know, not worth your time and you just know the direction. But I think connecting with... You got to take a shot. And then also, I think at the end of the day too, it's like, once you get your feet wet, once you're getting in there, though, also getting your tribe. Um, I came into my tribe later on, so I mean, tribe like your family. It's like the people. You know, I'm an only child um, and have a very small family, and I've you know I went to different schools over the years, so I've traversed all over the place. But it's just find that network. So, like my tribe is SF. Um, I think just being exposed AIGA. I think especially early on in the career that helps you. That's a way to get connection, get your foot into the door. Especially when there's very small design communities, and they might be a little harder to get into. Just be open to experience. Do as much as you can, um, and then connect with people. Don't be hesitant. Just connect with people, and then um, find your tribe. So you definitely had a lot of experience with with portfolio advice and kind of like uh, mentoring people and you've done a whole bunch. So I'll, I'll let you take the lead on this, but I w- kind of want to talk about uh, advice for young designers on their portfolio. But uh, first, maybe an introduction on like how you've been involved in that. So I've never, to be totally transparent, I've never been in like say the hiring r- role, but I've been in like portfolio reviews, have been mentoring people as um, Rob said. But the one, at the end of the day, I always feel it's... I don't like people want to know you can think they want to employ you so you can think and solve problems. So yes, you did something nice. 
don't tell them, oh, I did this Photoshop and this after. Like, it's great. Everybody can do Photoshop. But, like, why yeah, did you... table stakes. Those are not, like, yeah, just yeah. not a selling point. But what's the story behind it? What's your thought? Why did you put, you know, why did you, like, what's the strategy behind that? You need to be able to tell your story. And also, too, um, one of my dear friends said he's, he was a hiring manager once. And I love this. And I've said this to people I've mentored and or people have come, like, try to figure out their portfolio. He said the best portfolio he saw one year was three pieces. But it's because the story he was able to tell more or less. This person was able to tell. That was amazing. Um, you say less is more, but it's like less is more, but can you tell a story like it's quality over quantity right, we've heard right, all those right. terms all the time but it's like to hear that i was like wow but that you know that's special cases but you do need to show array that's but a huge differentiation though it's huge but i think yeah. for me at the end of the day it's like can you think can you tell the story is there a reason why and that's when i've done portfolio reviews it's like okay you've done that but why right and yes and like why you have to be able to defend yourself. You have to be able to present your work. So yeah. it looks pretty. 2010, I think I was at UCLA Extensions course in the art program. Nights just taking extra courses. Right. And it was a class of design thinking. And it was before like IBM or everything became mainstream. But it was a Posable Mind by... Um, Oh my, I'm blanking out on the name. It's this again this week, but it's almost like you're trying to push the levels. Like you design something, you talk about it and they're like, yes, but you have to push it down. It's like that next level. It's right. like pushing you like that another dimension. And that's like, how did people come up with these amazing ideas? Like the whole Fairmont chain, like how did he come, how did the founder come up with that? Or yeah. it's just pushing that, but it's like, but you have to be able to think. And I think yeah. at the core, that's, what's going to differentiate yourself with your portfolio. If you can think and present yourself and, you know, make sure also just presentable in general and that right. plays into it. So, okay. So when I go in for an interview, right, especially when I'm freelancing, I want to show them that we can be friends. I have to be myself there, but like, what are some of the, the common pitfalls that people might fall into? And like, what are some, some things that you would see? It's, it's like when you present, when you're doing presentation class, when present presentation classes, it's know your audience. So right away, know your audience. And just, and when you start speaking, it's like, if you do get nervous talking, speaking in front of people, when, before you go in and have to pitch something, just know, know who your audience, like say what you're going to say, you know, just, just go through it. Like what are you going to say? This is, you know, you go through your points and just know through, like if you have your portfolio piece or you're going to pitch something. Um, but just, it's almost all to, uh, I would err. It's like, I would, for personally, I'd rather err on dressing over than dressing under. Um, or they get, little, they get a little too like, oh, it's like Google. And you're like, what are you wearing? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm meaning of the formality. So you'd rather be err on being oh, okay, a little more yeah. professional. <laughs> so that's a, I didn't, Sorry, I yeah. didn't caveat that, but I would rather, I would say if you go like just err on being a little more professional because then that shows respect. I feel in some way, yeah. um, that's Don't how I'm trying to be like cute. Yeah. yeah, no, just, but also just be natural. Don't, people can read through the brown nosing. People can th read through, you know, you're trying too hard and the, sort of the fakeness. Be yourself and just be, you know, you're, so that's what I would say. That's how I try to do it and try to think of myself. It's just like going in, like, of course, I've gone through interviews from different levels and different capacities over the years from interviewing to go to high school to, you know, in college and so, or so forth. So there's been opportunities, but I think it's just at the end of the day, just, know your audience yeah, sure. and then so then you will not be like dude and like whatever to like your interviewer who is yeah, yeah so sure. um that's the best i could do. yeah that's awesome um i think along that same line i'm just curious to know i know that you've worked a lot um i've realized that my audience is a lot uh 
the the age is is a lot like different than I think because it's it's for entry level designers and and I want it to be like a, a valuable resource for them. But there's people at at all levels. Do you have you know like that's kind of like for for, for portfolio advice. Um, but in terms of someone who's like looking to kind of like make that that next big move, do you have any advice? Just general advice for those people. So someone who's like maybe like looking to go to the next chapter or creative director or like leadership or you know. For me, it was connecting further into the AIGA and being a part of the in-house steering committee from the national. Um, from national, I think just finding those different opportunities that'll lend you the exposure and different challenges that would stretch you that might not be say, you know, at the end of the day, when you, one of my, somebody told me that when I was asking how they were doing, they're like, okay, it's a good level. Like you don't want to be in a job where you're like, okay, let's just stamp it. It's just right. plug and paste, but you don't want the opposite end of the spectrum where you're like, oh, a chicken little eyes go to fall. You want in the middle. So there's balance. So, but yet you don't want to put yourself in that challenging position quite yet, maybe say in your career. But you want to start testing the water. So if I, like going to AIGA, that helped me. So if you're trying to figure out the next step of your career, you know, start playing around with that. And then that could, yeah. And then also getting, and it could stretch you in different ways. It connect connect you even beyond. I think doing that's very beneficial. It's just leveraging your community. And I think at the end of the day, especially introverts, especially the more of the community, like we're freelancing more, we're more in, you know, yes, co-working spaces, but you're still isolated. You need to bridge that gap. You need to break down those silos and don't hesitate. But that's, for me, that's really what helped. It was like connecting to the AIGA, connecting right. to those communities and then from there. So, yeah. and that, I think that's the next thing. It's like, yeah, like I'm, you know, you can take, you can get your master's, you can do that. But still, it's like, if it makes sense, do it. But like for me, it didn't make sense to get a master's. I never, I think I was just too burnt out from undergrad. Yeah. Um, but that's what I would say for the next level. And at any level or any point, you know, you have micro levels. You're not going to do some things shoot up, but yeah. I'm learning that I can jump up. I thought I could jump up. We're no Tigger. Yeah. We're not like Tigger, so unfortunately, I wish. <laughs> but no, it's it's. You know what I mean? No, I thought I thought like literally. I could just, no, that's fine. Like you should see my networking skills, and, and I'm realizing no, no. There's like there's levels, like layers and like little adjustments from junior even from like junior designer to senior designer mm-hmm. designer is such a huge distinction oh, and yeah. i feel like a lot of people are like uh, i'm good it's like no it's like a it's like a it's like hours long and it all adds up yep it's cumulative yeah. it's it's there's this great quote i forgot who say it, said it but it's like um creativity there's no beginning no end it's ongoing so whatever you build up like I remember there's this one creative leader who once said it's like you go to all these conferences you go to creative mornings but I don't see it in your work I'm like it's a build-up it's gonna help it's our nourishment it's your nourish like from each level of the design field it's like there's like it's all building up and that's how we are as creatives and that's how you will be professionally it's just you you know step and repeat step and repeat you learn you build off of that so yeah I like the one step at a time and I especially it, to be totally transparent these past two years have been probably the most transformative period of my life um, by no means I'm anywhere I'm still like I know I'm like I'm still here I you know it's still a ways to go but um, about two years ago I decided to separate from my husband I recently was divorced but I remember when that started my cousin he's like Vanessa one step at a time you want everything to be done, but one step at a time. So, okay, one step at a time, one step at a time. I look back at my life, if anything, is to see how things added up. Why did I get to this point? It's not like, 
and then also moving forward, it's hard not to think, oh yeah, I want to be down here, you know, I want to be in A to Z right away. But it's like it's been very hard for me, especially these two years with what's been going on, both career-wise and professional and personally, having so much happening. But it's going back to that in the moment. Just living in the moment. Yes, you have to think, okay, these are my non-negotiables. These are what I need to do, and this is what I want to be ultimately. But you manifest this. Like, like 2015, I'm like, I said to my former boss, my my last boss at Mattel, who was not my boss then. She was like an HR business partner. I made something. I manifested something within six months that came true. And then, you know, just things happened. And But it's like you don't think about it. You, you Try not to stress out too much. Try not to... Like, that's how I've been. It's like the more mindful, the more amazing it's, things have been. And nothing's 100% in life. So even though you try your hardest, you, things will happen when they need to happen. So, But you can't put expectations on anything. You can do the best you can, but the right things will come out. So for me, it's like in where I am professionally right now, it's like I'm a long ways away from where I want to be and where I can go. But it, yeah. Yeah. And that's the key thing. And I think so many people, we live in such a celluloid culture where you have the 15 minutes of fame. You see these people who skyrocket before they're 30 to these roles where they're speaking keynotes or, you know, we, we have such, we're such a tabloid culture. We see that and that's what we're, been, it's like the whole uh, fairy tale syndrome. That's not reality. You know, it's a lot of hard work and, and a lot of that's luck. A lot of that's timing. So, but if you can live in the moment, that's the best. And for me, that's the one thing my mother at least is, telling me that but you have that's how for i'm able to look at things and i'm i'm in the same way you know over the past uh i can kind of share that with you with that you know i kind of for the past like two and a half three years now i think my brother-in-law has had uh has had uh hodgkin's lymphoma and he is it's 90 percent down they came back for like the third time it's 90 percent down again and it's been so crazy to have the juxtaposition of like having a promising looking start to my career but also kind of like having those like difficult things happen where like it's not extended or whatever it was and having that happen alongside of like those things it really was like um really difficult and at times it was like you know how how do you have this falling apart and that's falling apart and then pick all that shit back up and make something of that and it's easier said than done it's like uh and when those kind of traumatic things happen in your life it's like it's fucked up it's hard but uh we mentioned in the podcast earlier about Alan de Botton, the architecture of happiness. There's this quote in there, and it says that it's oftentimes when life is most difficult, that's when we're most susceptible to susceptible to beautiful things, whatever that was. Sorry, Alan de Botton. Uh, but that's true, though. And I, I think that, like, that's like when you're on your journey as a designer and it's falling apart or you're at the you know you're wanting to advance and you're not quite there yet just like taking in taking it in and in those moments of uncertainty realize that really there's like possibility there because you have to believe that if you don't believe that it's gonna be depressing like really depressing that's kind of where i'm at like like tonight honestly it's like i'd I'd want to i don't know if i'll leave this in there but i want to i want to like it's it's been great talking to you because it's like so inspiring to, to hear this like you know this progression of stacking things up and just like the hustling because i don't doubt for a second that you're not like working your ass off like every day like you're you might be the hardest working person ever no <laughs> actually ron burridge i think might have that that he's pretty crazy yeah i and also too i internalize a lot so people like you know seem stressed i'm like look at my insides yeah, yeah same way so this has been an absolute pleasure and a privilege uh we're gonna head out of here 
what's really funny is this is like so pretty and I'm so like over it, but this is a, an awesome location. We've, the whole time we've just been like locked in, but uh, it's fun doing this outside and I hope that people weren't bothered by the ambient noise, but it's fun and I've been inside all day. So thank you for doing this. Thank you for being so cool about it. Okay, where can people find you online? What's the best place to reach out to you? Uh, and what, are, what do you have coming up that you're super excited about? Um, and yeah, any, any last closing remarks? The floor is yours. Socially, I'm at Van Do Can Do. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Um, and if you do want to reach out to me, don't hesitate. Um, you can just go through my See, link. They're all nice people. They're all nice. Yes. Um, I'm at link. You can just reach me through LinkedIn. I do check. I do not pile up the emails as much as some people do. So I will check. Cool. Um, and that's how I stumbled, you know, connected with you. Cause yes. I was like New Year's Eve day. I was like, what's this? Yeah. Uh, I, was, I was like, took me off guard. Um, and then uh, work over the holidays. I try and avoid my family, so I always work over the holidays. So people uh, like, why New Year's Eve day with a strange day? That's I'm it. probably tired of something. I'm annoyed by something. It makes sense. Like it makes sense. <laughs> and then SF San Francisco Design Week's coming up, and LA Design Festival, and there's something. I gotta, come down. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta make my West Coast trip. I think those are the things right now, but beyond July, I don't know what my schedule is. So, but I'm excited. There's a few things that it's always so much room for activities. And this time of the year, it's always bubbling with stuff. We're going to yeah. see the sun. So, but thank you so much, Rob. Thanks for checking out this episode of Meet the Creatives. If you enjoyed it, uh, make sure you add me on Instagram, Meet the Creatives NY, and let me know your thoughts. And make sure you subscribe on iTunes. All right. Have a wonderful day. Peace.